Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to 10, and 29-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of three books, The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, 31 Days in God's Word. You can find all three of those books at Amazon, and you can also find them at my website, DorendaWilson.com. If you are enjoying this podcast, I would love for you to leave a rating or a review if you have a minute Um, and be sure to tell your friends about it because really the point is I just want to make sure that as many moms as possible are being encouraged. And every parent's mission is to equip their child with the best resources. And when it comes to math, CTC math is the beacon that lights up this path. Its dynamic approach makes it an invaluable tool for both homeschooling families and those seeking supplementary guidance. With lessons that capture attention and ignite curiosity, it has transformed many reluctant learners into math enthusiasts. Grace, a dedicated mother, shared this. Witnessing my daughter's newfound enthusiasm and confidence in math has been nothing short of a revelation. Step into this world of enriched learning at ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Now, moms, today's topic is a sensitive one, but I really wanted to address it in order to better equip all of us to be able to recognize domestic abuse and know better what it looks like to offer effective help for victims. I also know that unfortunately, Christian homeschooling families are not immune to experiencing abuse in their own homes as well. So instead of pretending that it just doesn't happen, I wanted to provide both help and hope through this episode. Now, before I introduce my guest, I want to tell you about one of my favorite college alternatives. I have had XL College on the podcast before. Um, I'll leave a link in the show notes so you can go back and listen to what they're doing over there. It's really exciting. Um, But we're all aware that the world is noisier than it's ever been before, crammed full of information, opinions, and claims about what's true. The need for our teenagers to be able to think critically is at an all-time high, but the unfortunate reality is that critical thinking skills amongst teens and young adults are at an all-time low. My friends at XL College are passionate about reversing those statistics, and they're doing something about it. XL College hosts a summer leadership camp where young leaders learn to discover God's truth, discern wisely, and live wholeheartedly and have fun while they're doing it. With thrilling adventures like camping, rock climbing, and whitewater rafting, and expert training, certifications in categories from CPR to wilderness first aid, your teen will have the experience of a lifetime as they adventure into truth. Apply now at thexlcamp.org and select Dorenda Wilson for $100 off the camp. I will leave a link in the show notes and that little reminder of what to click on as along with links for CTC math and my books. Um, also, just letting you know that there is a search bar on the podcast page of my website. If you're new to the podcast and you're liking what you hear, you'd like to hear other topics that I talk about, there are we're getting close to 500 episodes. So there's a lot of great content, great encouragement there. So all you have to do is go to that search bar on the podcast page, put in a keyword, and all the episodes on that topic will come up. So I encourage you to do that. I will leave a link in the show notes to that as well. So I have Christian friends who have been through some pretty harrowing 
abusive situations in their marriages. Uh, it was shocking and disappointing to see the church's initial response. Uh, my very best friend or very close friend was accused of lying and overreacting, and her abusive husband actually continued to find favor. Um, fortunately, eventually our church got a new pastor who was biblically equipped and discerning. He was an absolute gift from God and changed the course of my friend's life for the good. Um, so with that experience under my belt um, and having that sort of in my memory bank, when I came across Darby Strickland's work, I was excited and I was encouraged. And I asked if she would join me today to share her wisdom and experience. So Darby Strickland counsels and teaches at CCEF. She is a contributor to Becoming a Church That Cares Well for the Abused, an author of two booklets, Domestic Abuse, Recognize, Respond, Rescue, and Domestic Abuse, Help for the Sufferer. So um, she's very knowledgeable and very tethered to God's Word, and that's one of the reasons that I wanted to have her on the podcast today. Darby, welcome to the podcast. We're so glad you're here with us today. Oh, thank you for having me, and just even your willingness to talk about something that is hard to bring to the forefront. It really is, and and I realize that with the number of listeners that I have, have, there very well could be um, more than one mom out there who mm. may be in a situation um, and can relate to this, or at at the least, I think that a lot of us know people that we have uh, we have some concerns about, some questions about, and we just don't know what to do. And I think uh, one of the things that I've seen is just that the, the church hasn't been highly effective in addressing domestic abuse situations. And can you maybe share with us, since this is kind of your area of expertise, why do you think that's true? Two things. One thing I think is just when we encounter a trouble in a marriage, we just go to all the typical relational communication, all the things that we think would work in typical marriage counseling. Mm -hmm. When they're applied to an abusive marriage, they're actually dangerous mm -hmm. and, and scary. The other reason is I think it's a problem we just... Most people who have not experienced abuse or understand abuse, they cannot imagine what is actually happening in someone's home, mm -hmm, right? It's mm -hmm. not something that we see. It's something that's happening behind closed doors. We just don't even have categories in our brain. Like we hear, oh, a husband yelled. None of us are thinking the profanity or for two or three hours, right? right? We just don't know what it looks like or how mm -hmm. bad it really is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's scary. And it's, it's one of those things where you don't... <sighs> You don't want to assume, but at the same time, it's, I think what I'm looking for is I'm, I'm, is a person who's kind of wanting more information mm -hmm. myself. Um, let's just set up a scenario where you have some concerns that something is happening um, in a marriage and but you're not entirely sure, but you don't want to just walk away and not ask questions or how would someone approach that situation um, delicately, but not necessarily just, you know, turning a blind eye either. Correct. I think it's just one, we just want to be remain really gentle mm -hmm. um, that chances are, you know, in my life, I've observed women who either I'm just noticing anxiety or so much uncertainty mm -hmm. or confusion or I've observed something in a Sunday morning, like a husband shake his keys, right? And the wife just come running, like it's time to leave, just breaks off our conversations. Mm. We get glimpses of things, but we don't know what to do with them. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So I think it's just, 
um, just starting s- sweet conversations, just mm-hmm. saying, you know, you've, you've seemed really withdrawn or unsure of things. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I've noticed that you're a little tense when your husband's talking, you know, how are things going at home? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or, t- you know, tell me about the latest disagreement you've had. You know, are you guys able to work through and solve things? Mm-hmm. The beautiful mm-hmm. thing that I've noticed about abuse victims is they often bring you one story. They they say, they ask you a question or they say, has your husband ever, or I'm really struggling with this. And we, um, what I call is like they float a little trial balloon. They're looking to see if someone understands them. Mm. Um, and so I think in those moments, actually, we do a really good service to just slow down, mm-hmm. not answer their question, actually, and say, well, why are you asking? Mm. What's happening in your home? What's heavy on your heart? And when they start to give you that one example, right, we want to say to them, well, has this ever happened before? Or is this the worst it's ever been? We're, mm-hmm. We want to help them tell their story. And so often as women, we want to solve problems. We want to offer solutions. We, we What we really want to do is help someone begin speaking mm-hmm. um, when their silence has been um, what's been keeping them from getting help. Right. So uh, questions sound like the best way to sort of segue into that. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you share in the book? Yeah. Is it abuse? Actually, the first third of the book talks about the dynamics of the abuse. The mm-hmm. second third of a book is just goes through the various types of abuse, the physical, sexual, emotional, spiritual, and financial with dozens of questions for each. You know, if you ask a victim if they're being abused, their answer is going to be no. Mm-hmm. Because most people think I have to be hit in the head, like that's what abuse right, is. Right, right. Right? But if you ask them, well, has he ever followed you around the house? Or what kind of names does he call you? Or so we have to actually get, extract from them data. Mm-hmm. And we don't, right? As helpers, as people who don't know what abuse looks like, we don't always know which questions to ask. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So that's I think, good. yeah, basic, like even just saying to someone, well, are are you when you have, when you disagree with your husband, how can you tell that he's angry? Mm-hmm. Right. So there's some broader questions sure. we can ask sure. for sure. Um, mm. But if we use the word abuse, their answer will be no. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay. And so just to clarify, moms, the title of the book is, Is It Abuse? A Biblical Guide to Identifying Domestic Abuse and Helping Victims. So um, that sounds like just a wonderful tool. Um, so can you share uh, more key signs of an abusive situation? Sure. I think for most of the women that I have worked with, they've come to me not even reporting marital discord. Um, they are actually riddled with anxiety hmm. or they're, they, they're confused about their own story, right? Um a spouse, you know, a husband has to keep a wife confused to be able to control her. Right. So she's often very uncertain when she's saying something, uncertain mm-hmm. of dates and timeline. Her speech just isn't linear, mm-hmm. um, doesn't tell concise stories, um, a general just nervousness. Um, the other things is just, just more withdrawn. Um, you know, you can see them just, um, they don't, Right. They don't feel loved and cherished in their home. Mm -hmm. So they tend to have so much shame. So they just look more withdrawn. So I would say sometimes we it's actually through physical anxiety and stress that makes me curious. Mm -hmm. Other times it's just relationally when they're in conversation, something's 
just not right. 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 And so then I think that's when we become curious, right? Mm-hmm. We tend to, as a church, become judgmental. Right. Right. She lacks faith. She's disorganized. She's all over the place. But instead be like, oh, what what's going on in that mm. woman's world? That I is- love that. That's so good because it really, I mean, even if that's not the case, what Mm -hmm. a much better question to ask, you know, because we're all, we're all sinners and sufferers together. Mm -hmm. And it seems as though the world has just become so harsh and the church has in many ways become harsh. And um, if we could just take, take a step back and really seek to understand before being understood, I heard that saying right. years ago. Um, uh, actually, one of my nieces was—they were having she and her husband were having some some marital problems, mm-hmm. and that's what their counselor told them. And I thought that is absolute gold for really in any relationship. So instead of assuming that you know what's going on in a situation, or you know why this mm-hmm. person, this 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 mom is anxious and unorganized and scattered, um, try to gain more understanding. I love that. What is that scripture in in the Proverbs that talks about um, the purposes of a man's heart are deep waters, Mm. but a man of wisdom draws them out. And so when we exercise uh, wisdom, this is what wisdom looks like. Exactly. it's it's, It's seeking understanding. And that takes patience. Like we live in a culture that is used to instant gratification in every single area. And I think we've lost something there in terms of having the ability to take our time. Maybe mm. this isn't going to all happen in one conversation. No, for sure. This is going right. to be, what do they call that? Many, mini conversations. Yes, yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> and then praying for wisdom along the way that God would give us discernment to be able to recognize what's happening and, and hopefully get the help that they need, whatever it is, you know, whatever help they need. And right. um, I love James 1 that talks about if we need wisdom. We lack wisdom. All we have to do is ask. Mm-hmm. And God says he'll give it to us generously. Um, and so that's that's a promise I cling to all the time because, man, I need wisdom on the daily. <laughs> right. Yeah. And if you, sure. right. And if a friend's starting to reveal to you things that you didn't even know what were happening or mm-hmm. they're, you're going to be easily overwhelmed. Sure. Right. Sure. And you're going to want to be their rescuer and do all these things. It's mm-hmm. like just remembering, no, like that's the Lord. He is for them. He's going to help you guide them. He's going to mm-hmm. help them. Mm-hmm. And it just allows us to be in difficult spots um, right. because we know his promises for his people. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I think it is true. We, 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 as women, we're such nurturers. And, mm. you know, even with our children, sometimes we can overdo the rescuing aspect. Right. <laughs> and what we really need to be doing is walking with our kids through things. And so same thing with this friend that needs our help. Um, maybe just recognizing that he is God and we are not. And right. so we we remember our place. We walk in humility as we walk out this relationship in this situation with our friends. And I also think that as women, it's really wise to go to our husbands and um, talk with them about what's going on, obviously in confidence, but that you can pray together. And I yep. know my husband often has had really good suggestions um, and ways to gain more understanding, good questions to ask, things to look for. And um, so I think that's super important too. Don't feel like you're just trying to do this by yourself. You know, you've got the Lord and you've got your your spouse if you're married and um, can hopefully talk with him a little bit more too. 
So, so often when we get into these abusive situations, um, it gets dicey within the church because uh, there's a, there's a commitment to marriage that mm. is very very uh, much more serious than the world or many other religions, right. um, and so there's a there's a huge um, push for staying married, working on the marriage, working things out, um, sometimes to the detriment of the the spouse or the wife specifically. Right. Um, so what does the Bible have to say about wives and spouses um, or you know because it can be it can be men too Correct. Um, leaving an abusive marriage? Well, I think even just backing up, right, is recognizing in Ephesians, it talks uh, talks about we're supposed to drag things into the light so that they can be redeemed, Mm. right? And so even oftentimes an abused spouse is afraid to speak badly about their spouse or afraid to label the sin. And actually we have to recognize that when you're asking your spouse to stop sinning against you, you are loving them well in the gospel. Mm. Like their redeemed self would thank you. And they had clarity that you kept them from sinning in that way. Mm -hmm. And scripture is the same. I mean, in the, in the sense that God's word is clear about protecting the vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and we see instances in scripture where people fled danger. Um, We have, Abigail and Nabal, right? Her husband was a fool Mm -hmm. and he was making choices that were endangering her whole household. And she went behind his back, right? And she submitted to David. Um, But in in her actions, um, she protected herself. We Mm -hmm. often hear Christian women being told you have to suffer, right? Because that's going to lead your husband to faith. Right. And and I think two things are really, we want to point out about that is, even in scripture, we see Jesus fleeing violence and mistreatment before it was his time to suffer. So scripture doesn't demand that we suffer. Um, so, and, and it's really the Holy Spirit's job. It's not our job um, to bring someone um, to repentance and, and to faith. So I think wives have been unnecessarily burdened there. But I think we also forget that when Christ came, we're so good at the church of saying Christ came to die for our sins that we forget when his opening words of public public ministry in Luke 14, where he's actually come to say, I have come also to die and and help you in your sufferings, right? Mm-hmm. I've come to free the oppressed. He says that in his first public ministry. And so on that cross, right, he died both for our sin, which we all need, but also for our suffering to set mm-hmm. everything right. And so, yeah, we want to be people who seek to, restore a victim and her oppressors worship. And so what that looks like in each situation, sometimes that's fleeing abuse. Sometimes, sadly, it becomes clear over time it's not safe for a woman to return. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it means just getting intervention and help. It it can be walked out different ways. But Mm -hmm. if we know our goal is that the Lord's heart for his people is greater, actually, than the institution of marriage. We want to get there, Mm -hmm. um, but that's not the first thing. That's Mm -hmm. not our first priority. Mm -hmm. It frees us up to then 
honestly look at what's going on in this marriage. How bad is it? What are all the types of abuse that are happening? How right. intense, right. right? If we if we recognize, no, people need to be restored to the Lord first. That's our first priority. Mm-hmm. We're free and we trust what the Lord is up to mm-hmm. with the other bits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because our the, the modern church is not very good good at or even exercise as much in terms of church discipline. Mm-hmm. And that's something that everybody's kind of like, oh, I don't want to talk about that, you know, right. or, or, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But but there's a place, there's a mm-hmm. time and a place for it where it's actually beautiful. Correct. And something that, like you said, is the, the goal is restoration in relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. first, because when that is right, everything else follows. And so I, I love that reprioritizing. Just that switch in priorities mm-hmm. changes immensely how you look at situations, how you approach them, because um, because it's the proper order of things. Right. When, yeah. When things are in order and God is not a God of chaos, he's a God Mm-mm. of order. And he is. Yeah. Yeah. So... Okay, so how can a victim seek the possible restoration of their spouse if their home environment is dangerous? And there may be some moms listening right now who are in that situation or moms who know people who are in that situation. So I think this is a really great question. Well, I think the first thing we have to consider is safety, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's what the difference is because anytime you confront or make a change, Um, with someone who's oppressing you, right? There's going to be a punishment to be paid. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that punishment means that there's physical or sexual abuse that is devastating, if not very, very harmful. Mm -hmm. So we want to be aware of that. And that's, that's not always the case. So, but we want to be thinking, am I safe? Am I concerned about that? Um, And so then that changes some of the choices that people have. But for victims, I think it's a matter of, um, and if you're not sure, you can call your local shelter or hotline and say, this is what's going on um, and get a, a little safety assessment done. Mm-hmm. But, or if your friend is de- in, um, telling you things. But mm-hmm. I think for a victim, what's really important first is helping them understand that what's happening is wrong mm-hmm. and like creating a timeline and, and being able to like just with a sweet friend sitting and unpacking the story and saying these are this these are the types of ways that my husband, my spouse is sinning against me. Mm-hmm. These are the ways that it's crushing. These are the ways that he's disparaging the image of God in me. These are the ways that he's harming my body. I think organizing your story a little bit, having a little bit of clarity, being um letting scripture and friends tell you this is wrong. Mm -hmm. Like the Lord is grieving this. We are grieving this and we care about you. Mm -hmm. I think just gives victims a little then courage to take the next step. Right, right. Right. To understand that the Lord is not requiring this of of them Mm -hmm. to, to continue to stay under that abuse. And I just keep thinking about what you referred back to when, when Jesus came, he, he came to set, the captives free mm-hmm. to release the oppressed. And how many different times that is said, not just in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament as well. Right, exactly. That was what he came for. And so when we follow through with what he came for and we we walk in obedience to that, he honors it. And not not easy, not easy, no. I'm sure, but, but definitely, uh, ultimately there's peace with it. Um, and I think that's so important um, 
And yeah. it's, it's difficult, I think, when victims are in situations where there's just, it's just chaotic and confusing. And so, yes, if, if right. we as believers can come alongside um, these people and encourage and and speak truth into mm-hmm. it, you know, you were talking about dragging it into the light. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the part we can play is to to shed light on it, you know. And I love what you said about, you know, these are the ways this person is sinning against me. I think our the church in general uh, somehow just doesn't doesn't I don't feel like they talk much about sin or naming sins. Mm. It seems like a lot of well, you know, um, this this is happening, so that's why I'm doing this or whatever. Right, we say. minimize yes. all the time. God's mm-hmm. word does not minimize. No, right, and so right, the reality of an oppressive marriage is you either serve your spouse the way that they want to be served or you receive punishment. Like you're mm-hmm. saying, that's enslavement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so even just helping a victim see, oh, the way that you're being treated, those punishments are purposeful. Mm-hmm. They're they're affording your oppressor something. Mm-hmm. So to be able to make those connections, then we can easily go to scripture and see the severity of the sin. And scripture right. is not shy about saying, yeah, those ways of treating people are cruel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the the picture that comes to mind is something that um, I felt like the Lord kind of just put in this. I like word pictures, and mm-hmm. and it helps me envision things. But I was these were personal struggles I was having, not not struggles in my marriage, but just areas where I felt like I was struggling to be free from. Mm-hmm. And um, it, and it, I got this picture in my mind of sitting in a jail cell um, with the shackles undone and the mm-hmm. door wide open and i could get up and leave at any time and 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 that was what jesus did for me he opened all of that up if i choose to stay um i don't have to choose to stay is what i'm saying right right <laughs> you know and and that's the that's the reality of that the situation you're describing is you are free you jesus has set you free to mm. to walk out of that situation and he's done everything and he paid a high price to do it mm-hmm. and so um if we could just I think sometimes, you know, like I think what I was thinking in my mind when I was envisioning that that little word picture was in my mind, I just couldn't leave. I couldn't get up. I couldn't walk out. And it's like, no, everything's off of you. Look down at your wrists right, and your feet right. and you're free. Get up and walk out the door. <laughs> right. So um, anyway. so and what's, as, what's tricky for victims, right? It's the most dangerous time for them mm, when they go to make a choice or they have children they have to consider, yes. right? And so we often forget victims have good reasons for staying, mm-hmm, but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they can't get help and support and people alongside them to be creative just because it looks impossible. Right. Like what you're saying, right? This to me, oppression is more the moment of the Israelites fleeing and the Red Sea's in front of them mm-hmm. and the Philistines are behind them and mm-hmm. there's there's just no way I can be delivered. And like, but you're saying, God is saying, I've set you free, but it doesn't look like it, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> so, and so sometimes we need people around us to just help us to remind us we have a God who parts the Red Sea mm-hmm. and dries the land so that the chariots can go through safely. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so victims just have, it's, it's harder to have that picture because of mm-hmm. what it, all the cost of getting out is great. 
right? Will my church discipline me? Mm -hmm. Will my friends believe me? Mm -hmm. Will my parents disown me for being divorced, Mm -hmm. right? Or or separating? What my children, custody. So these are such delicate, weighty Mm -hmm. matters. But the reality is, again, bringing what's in the light and, and trusting. Anytime God mentions oppression, and maybe it's the simplest way to say it, in scripture, he also is always talking about his rescue. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we just have to be praying for Lord, what is my rescue? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've promised. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the rest of us, as you know, if we're not the person in the situation, we're the person trying to help, um, mm-hmm. just to, to remember all of that when right. we are speaking to this person and and just be understanding that there's a lot that they're thinking about in mm-hmm. when they think about leaving because if it were that easy they would have left a long time ago correct <laughs> right right, right. <laughs> um, right. But there's a lot involved and there's a lot to consider and I think knowing that they have someone walking with them no matter what mm-hmm. through everything that is that might be the thing that gives them the courage to finally say, I need to do something. Yes. And even just a good friend can help say, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. And say, this is where scripture says it's wrong. Right. And it then helps the person pray better because mm-hmm. now, right, when I'm abused, I don't even have words to describe what's happening to me. Right, right. But if my girlfriend, like probably for you, for your friend, you gave her words and biblical categories. And then she, the way she talked to the Lord could change, how mm-hmm. she prayed changed. Mm-hmm. That is huge. It's mm-hmm. a huge gift. Well, as you um, wrote this book, um, was there anything new or shocking as you researched um, the what you wanted to share in, in this book? I think it is just the prevalence in our churches. We mm. know that abuse is 25% of the marriages, and it's just shocking that the statistics don't change in the church. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, and I have seen in the in the churches that I work with, I don't see a lot of physical abuse, but I about seventy percent of the women are abused sexually. Wow! Um, and that has just been a devastating reality um, mm. that I bump into again and again. There's something about Christian men who know they can't they can't leave a bruise because that'll matter to the church. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot of coercion sexually um, and other violations mm. and, and, and right. And the ensnaring of pornography in those yeah, things. Yeah. I'm kind of wondering if pornography isn't playing into that. Um, sure. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Creates somebody who's entitled in their sexual right. desires. It's going to shape how they, right. That sex is no longer an expression of the emotional and spiritual. It becomes this corrupted act where mm. I want to be served mm-hmm. and unspeakable mm-hmm. things happen. So mm. I would say that has just been the saddest thing, but I think, um, the thing that women need to hear because no one's really talking. That's the thing we don't talk about at all. Yeah, I can I can imagine. I mean, it doesn't. Who's yeah. going to bring that up in a right. you know at a tea party? <laughs> right, right. Although yeah. we should, I know. Yeah, I know, I, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe somebody will now. Yes, that's um, it. But no, that those are very shocking statistics. I had mm-hmm. no idea. So you're saying twenty five percent are abused mm-hmm. and 70% of that is sexual abuse. 70% is from my experience. Okay. From okay. your experience. Yeah. Okay. And the research says the marriages are 25%. Yeah. 
Okay. okay. In and outside of the church. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, yeah, the sameness that just gets me when the divorce rate is the same. Right. And the abuse is the same. What in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. So, how does the gospel speak directly to victims of abuse? I think this is a wonderful question. Yeah, I think it's the gospel says that um, God does not punish us from our sins. And that sounds like a silly thing to say, but people who are abused often think it's their fault Mm -hmm. or that God is displeased with them. Mm -hmm. Their abuser will tell them, you made me do this. You're so stupid. Mm -hmm. That's why I have to do this to you. You're so foolish. Right. And the gospel says two things really clearly. What comes out of a person's heart is from within them. Mm -hmm. Right. And we are responsible for our sin. And, and so when someone is sinning against you, you know, you're not responsible for it. But you also know because our sins are forgiven, God remembers our sins no more, right? It's so clear that he's not punishing. Being in an abusive marriage is not a punishment from the Lord, mm-hmm. right? He is a redeeming God. He mm-hmm. wants to set us free. Um, and so I think those aspects of the gospel that our sins are forgiven, that God wants us to draw close to him, that Jesus knows, um, you know, he came here to know what our world was like. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is not a punishing God. He He is a God that wants to redeem and rescue and make you whole mm-hmm. um, at, at the great price of his son. Mm-hmm. So if we're, if we're suffering, we're not to be quiet. We're, we're to cling to a Lord who mm-hmm. loves us, who mm-hmm. wants to rescue us. Mm-hmm. I love that. So um, I think the final question would be, um, if someone in this audience is Mm -hmm. trapped in an abusive marriage, what would you say to them? I would say I would either start by finding a friend, Mm -hmm. right? And just to start to talk things through. Again, we want to just, it's so brave to address these things. So praying for who could I talk to? And sometimes Mm -hmm. we we don't know who that is. So you can say to a good friend, hey, have you ever read anything about domestic abuse? What do you think about it? You know, Mm -hmm. you can kind of test Mm -hmm. the waters a little Mm -hmm. bit. Um, There's a great ministry called Called to Peace. um, And they have their dedicated Christian ministry that has support groups for women. Um, They can go there to learn more about abuse. You know, um, uh, finding a counselor who understands abuse. In my book, I actually have questions. Mm -hmm. But how do I find a Christian counselor who is going to care well for me, who's Mm going to prioritize my suffering over the institution of marriage? Mm -hmm. So again, we, you, it's, you're suffering, but you also need to be discerning that who is wise, mm-hmm. who, who's been, who's, or who's willing to learn about these dynamics. Right. Again, right. some pastors, you can even just ask your pastor, have you ever read anything? Um, what do you think of this? Mm-hmm. And you can get mm-hmm. a sense of if they have a heart that's for the victim mm-hmm. and God's heart for the oppressed or right. if, yeah. So I, I say your first step is finding someone um, to walk this journey with you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's so good. And we'll make sure that we include a link to that call to peace and also to your book and uh, any other connections that um, you want to uh, give the moms. We'll make sure that we put those in the show notes. Um, thank you so much for being here with us today and for sharing just your wisdom and just that pulling those scriptures and the truths of God's word into this particular sensitively sensitive conversation. So thank you for that. No, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Well, would you mind closing in a word of prayer? 
Sure. Thank you. Oh, Father, we know that you are a God who sees and who knows the heart of your people. And we know there are people who are listening to this saying, Lord, do you see me? Do you know what's happening in my home? I don't know what to do and I don't know where to turn. Um, and we thank you that we can come to you with our doubts, with our struggles, with our wrestling. And and I just pray for those who are either being mistreated by their spouse in these grotesque ways or friends um, who are, are tending um, to women and, and men who, again, are enslaved in their marriages, that you would not just provide wisdom and strength and comfort, um, but that you would really provide your presence, which you offer, um, mm. that you would give these people, uh, everyone, um, just mm. the ability to lament um, what is happening um, and wisdom in ways to move forward. Mm. Um, and we know that you are faithful and steadfast in your love. Your, your love does not change mm. um, and you do not break your vows to your people. And, and may we all rest in knowing those things in the midst of seeing very hard things in marriage. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.